Hey everybody, welcome back to the Roosters Call. My name is Latrice and Melvin and I are back at it again for another edition. Today we're going to be talking about behavior, right? But more specifically, family behavior. I think this topic is so important during a time like this because I think COVID-19 brought families together, right? Yes. But when the virus passes, we should still be making time for each other. Um, one of the things that I want to get into first, Melvin, is that I think this virus forced a lot of parents to become parents and that they finally started to realize what teachers and administrators are going through when they have to be with their child all day. Um, now that we see parents struggling to adapt to being at home all day with their kids, I mean, it's a problem, right? So yes. their, their behavior may be different. Um, parents may lash out at their kids or they may not give them enough attention. Um, the virus still has a lot of people working from home which means they're confined to a desk and they're isolated from the rest of their family, right? Yes. How do you think parents can make time for their little ones when they're nipping at their heels all day? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. First thing is to have family time. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody has uh, embraced family time. And a Mm -hmm. lot of that means no computers, no technology, you know, just going back to a place where we actually spent time to talk, Mm -hmm. uh, had family dinners, uh, play board games, you mm-hmm. know, like Monopoly or card games mm-hmm. like Uno, Skip Bowl, and different things like that. No more Hulu zombies. <laughs> right, exactly. No more Hulu zombies. And so that has actually uh, started to fo- take shape, take form. Yeah. And give, the, you know, the, uh, the parents and the kids uh, uh, building blocks for not just a relationship now, mm-hmm. but a relationship in the future. Yes. When, you know, when there's some normalcy mm-hmm. that passes over us then there will be a time and a place for family time. Mm-hmm. So it won't be looked at or looked upon as just Christmas, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Labor Day, Memorial Day, 4th of July. You know, when, when <laughs> Something we're normally, I just have to do. Right. It, it's more like I want to spend time with them. I want to get to know them. I want to talk. This is a very important time. It's a perfect time because a lot of kids are getting stories about their parents when they were younger that they never knew about <laughs> because we're just sitting here and just talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on uh, where you live, you could still be in a hot spot. So this could affect your ability to travel for some. So for some, this year, a family vacation may not take place. What are some fun things that families can do to make up for that? Well, again, it goes back to the home, mm-hmm. you know, whether you have a backyard or not, um, whether you have close fam- family and friends in the community that you live in, mm-hmm. or one of the things that's happening are the communities mm-hmm. are becoming families to one another again. Yes. We're talking to our neighbors a lot more than we ever had mm-hmm. before. We'll be going, you know, we're more friendly. Yes. Um, we're more active in our churches. You know, in our uh, com- you know in our community centers, where as we slowly get back to going to certain things, a lot of the uh, community things that we were doing, a lot of the organizational things that we were doing, mm-hmm. are be- are coming back bigger <clears throat> and stronger yeah. than ever because people are understanding that that need for connection mm-hmm. is real. Now, as far as uh, vacationing and things like that, whatever's close to you, whatever's mm-hmm. close by, I think that you know traveling an extended amount of time or going long distances at this point in time may not be the best thing this summer. Sure. But I do believe as time goes on, of course, things will loosen up and get better. And 
when you stay close to home, it does help you with some of the anxiety that you feel about uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19, as they call it. Because anxiety triggers a couple of things. And one of those things that it does is that it can trigger your fight or flight stress response. And so when it releases that flood of chemicals and hormones, Mm -hmm. you respond in that, you know, in that mindset. So like adrenaline into your system, in short term, this increases your pulse and breathing rate so your brain can get more oxygen. But that's not necessarily the best thing that you want to experience. You want to walk into everything slowly yes. without the anxiety, without feeling like you have to worry about, you know, um, did this kid wash their hands? Did, <laughs> did that person wash their hands? <laughs> Why they don't have a mask? And, <laughs> they uh-oh. just sneezed. Did I get it? <laughs> right. You know, those types of things. Yeah. So that part of the anxiety has to be cut but you do that by staying close to home, by getting yeah. familiar with your surroundings, knowing what you have to do for your family. Mm-hmm. And so if you do leave or go somewhere, you'll know what to do overall. Gotcha. Now, my last question is, how can parents manage their stress level during this time? You know, especially people like you, you don't get the summers off, right? Not like teachers. Um, so how do you find time to rest okay. during all this calamity and commotion? <laughs> Well, the thing is, there's two things that you need to understand first in order to manage your stress levels. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's not our fault that this virus happened. Right. However, we do have a lot of adults that feel guilty or guilt Mm. because they can't do anything or they don't feel like they can do something Mm. for their kid at this point in time. Right. Guilt is a normal emotion, though it can paralyze some people. You know, somebody may feel for something he did, something he think he did, or something he failed to do. And those are the three things that they, you know, that COVID-19 has found us in, mm-hmm. in a situation where, is it something I did? Is it something that I didn't prepare for? Is it something that I need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, because when it hit, it kind of took us all by surprise. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, all our kids were at home. Yep. What do I do? <laughs> All five of them. And, and, you know, and given how uncontrollable guilt can feel, it can provide a strong motivation to constantly be apologizing or try to correct or make up for a wrong that you had nothing to do with and behave more responsibly. And it also allows you to behave more responsibly in the future because you feel it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing that parents need to understand. The guilt, let it go. You don't have to make up. For the days that you met, you know that they've missed for school or the yeah. playtime or the connection between their friends, mm-hmm. just live in the moment right now. And so, a byproduct of that guilt also can you just start feeling numb, you know, mm. helpless because we can't actually fight it, beat it, Mm-mm. or break it. So if we can't fight something that we see or beat it or break it that's attacking us, attacking our family, mm-hmm. you, you get this numbing feeling like you're helpless to do anything about it. Right. But that's not true. We we are not helpless to do anything about it. Right. We have, you know, all the symptoms and we have, you know, the uh, the security and comfort of knowing that mask and, and cleaning supplies and, you know, gloves and all these things matter. And they matter in small quantities and even in small amounts. But the more we use these things, the more we um, take action toward feeling numb to what we can and can't do, mm-hmm. then we take action toward relieving that stress that we may or may not feel. Mm-hmm. Because the stress, again, is a byproduct of something else. So this has caused the stress. This this particular virus may make us have certain feelings about it and yeah. those certain feelings those certain feelings translate 
into the stress. Mm-hmm. So when we know how we feel about it, then we know how to counteract it and, <clears throat> and, and have a, a less stressful, a less stressful life as yeah. we continue to. Uh, go through this i think that's awesome too especially for the people that have mom guilt or dad guilt mm-hmm. i'm sure a lot of people are going through that right now so thank you so much for your insight you're welcome again. you're welcome um thank you guys so much for tuning into our second edition if you haven't already be sure to check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash the blue Ro- blue rooster mag excuse me or online at the blue rooster.org spell it Yes, we need you guys to know. (laughs) This is one of our bloopers, so laugh along with us, everybody. The Blue Rooster is spelled B-L-E-U, not B-L-U-E. So for those of you who may have been trying to find us, so you reached a dead link, it is B-L-E-U. So keep that in mind and be sure to check us out. See you next time. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to The Rooster's Call. I'm Latrice Williams, and I'm here with Melvin Hayden. Hey, what's up? Good morning. (laughs) Melvin is the Region 4 Director for the National Association for Alternative Education, State Board Member for the Georgia Alternative Association for Education, and he is the founder and CEO of the first online publication for alternative education, The Blue Rooster. Today, we're going to further explore the impacts of trauma and how it affects our behavior. So let's just jump right into it. A lot of people are hurting, right? A lot of people are upset and people are reacting in ways that they normally would not. I want to get your thoughts on that in terms of how do we deal with societal trauma, a term that Melvin just coined. (laughs) Okay, well, how do we deal with that? Well, first of all, we have to realize that right now we're in a dangerous world. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not that we're in fear of it because we know the world that we live in. Sure, it's the trauma of what's happening that we want to understand. Yes. So because I want to, because I want to understand the trauma, I first have to grasp something that I believe. Mm-hmm. What do I believe about what's happening? Yes. And because of what I believe, how I believe will help me respond in a way that will be productive and positive in making sure that my response is a positive response. And so I'm only one person, but the way I respond to something will help someone else respond to it in a positive way. Let me make this known. I'm not getting into arguments with people Mm -hmm. about certain things, Mm -hmm. okay? (laughs) I understand the world we live in. And so because the belief system is shifted on how the world is viewed by people, mm-hmm. okay? So if I, if I don't let social media, okay, uh, shift my view, yes. if I don't let my best friend or my, my, my grandparents or my mom or, or, or a book I'm reading shift my view, mm-hmm. I actually only shift my view of the world based on what I believe and what I think is happening. Mm-hmm. And that comes from informing myself better about how to look at things <clears throat> and not be so closed-minded. Because that's the first thing. Yes. People will tell you you have to change your heart. You yes. know? But to change your heart, you have to change your mind about thinking of what's going on. Absolutely. So to deal with trauma, the first thing we need to understand that there is this is a traumatic situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, It is dangerous. Okay, mm-hmm. So let me first grasp how I think and believe about what's going on and then I can process on how to help me with the trauma of the society and and how that's all being played out. Awesome. I really, really think that was a great answer. Um, 
let's talk about this really quick. Sometimes there is one group of people who completely understands what's going on. And then there's another group of people who don't. Mm -hmm. I want to introduce a quote from Tom Herman. And for those of you who don't know him, he is the head football coach at the University of Texas. This is what he said just the other day to the, I believe it was the American Statesman. He said, when I make an illegal U-turn and get pulled over, I fear about what the cost of the ticket is going to be. I don't fear that I'm going to get dragged out of my car. So where is the breakdown? Why do you think some people get it and some people don't? Okay, so perfect. Great question. You have to understand how our brain works. Mm -hmm. Okay, and our brain is constantly on a loop. (laughs) I mean, our brain works better than CNN and Fox News all (laughs) together. Our brain works better than social media, Twitter, Facebook, and all that. Because what we see, we compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. And so the brain starts to try to make sense of an experience. So if I've never experienced it, then my brain doesn't try to make sense of it. But when I see it being experienced, the first thing my brain tries to do is to make sense of an experience that I've never had. So it's hard to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the brain stresses to to decide what this is and what it is not. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, that's based on my experiences. My brain starts to stress on what I'm looking at because I've never seen it before. Or it'll stress on what I'm looking at because I have. I've seen it before mm-hmm. so it's it, it you know it's a double thing and it's mm-hmm. going on at the same time and the third thing is the brain it repeats until it decides where the memory will go based on how it's handled wow okay so because my brain is on a loop mm-hmm. it'll repeat itself over and over that's why i said did your brain repeats things even when you're asleep Mm. So you're getting that that subconscious news feed even mm-hmm. when you've turned all your electronics off mm-hmm. and you've turned the TV off. Your brain is still looping what you saw. And once it decides where that memory will go, that means you've decided how you're going to look at the situation, mm-hmm. face the situation, or learn from the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's based on how you handle what you're, you know, what you're thinking about or how you're processing it. Wow. (laughs) I just love the way that you broke that down because I think sometimes we get frustrated. How come they don't see it this way? How come, you know, they don't see it that way? And so just to think, like you said, even when we're sleeping, Mm -hmm. our minds are still running Mm -hmm. and going, wow. And then when we wake up, we're still thinking about it. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Which is part of the problem. (laughs) Now that we've come to an end, I do want to get into the power of prayer because as a believer, our faith teaches us that prayer changes things. I read a stat yesterday that said 80% Uh, I'm sorry, blacks make up 80% of Christianity. Clearly, we're a threat to the devil. I mean, we got issues with abortion, unlawful killings, COVID-19 is trying to take us out at an alarming rate. Just touch on why prayer is so important right now, especially in the black community. I think prayer is important in all all our communities. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to shift this conversation just, you know, to uh, exclude any group of people. Because when something happens traumatically in our society, everybody's affected. Mm -hmm. That's black, white, brown, yellow, pink, purple, whatever kind of person you are, you are affected because our faith teaches us more than anything, a moral code. Mm -hmm. So when something is done that's unjustly wrong Mm -hmm. from by someone else, your innate behavior is to reach out 
in, yes. in, in care and in, in consideration and mm-hmm. you know you're to reach out for that person because you feel what they're feeling even though the experience may not be happening to you mm-hmm. okay so trusting okay in our in our in prayer mm-hmm. that's a big thing okay see when you can't blame someone that means you can't identify the source mm-hmm. okay so stop trying to put a face on the situation Mm-hmm. That's what our faith teaches us. Mm-hmm. Okay, take the face off the situation and put it where it belongs, which is to pray for the you know the, the people that are involved, mm-hmm. directly involved and indirectly involved. And so, if we can, you know, we we trust in prayer, we mm-hmm. trust in our faith. So take the face off of what we're seeing, mm-hmm. okay, and put it in the face of Christ. Put it, you know, put Christ's face on it and yes. pray that you know that that's our source. Yes. Okay. I love that. So because we can't blame, you know, he's blameless. Yes. And once we take the face off it and we can't blame anybody and our source is going to the face of Christ, yes. then we start praying for people that, like I said, are indirectly, not directly involved, uh, filling in, we start filling in the gaps with our prayer. Mm-hmm. We start to, uh, we start to create a unified front, which is what you mentioned earlier. It's like, yes, there is the enemy trying to take us out. Mm-hmm. So how do we you know, combat that. We combat that by not allowing uh, any type of di- diversity, mm-hmm. not allowing in, not allowing the enemy to whisper any type of you know um, demonic things to us that will cause us to look at one group of people and blame them for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Put the face of Christ on it, then you take the blame away, and yes. then your energy goes to exactly where it, you, your energy is placed, exactly where it's supposed to be. Yes, I think you explained that so well because. I think sometimes, unfortunately, it's like Jesus gets lost in all this. <laughs> you yes. know, we're all upset. Yes. We're, we're struggling to pray. And we definitely want to get back to, to making this issue, not issue, but going back to Christ to resolve the issue. Put it like that. One last thing. And this is something that the Seed Church is passing out here in Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I want to I make this quote right quick that's on the back of this card. It says, whenever negativity, hate, or strife tries to invade your mind, Okay, speak this verse, which is Amos 5.24, over your life, okay? And that will allow you to understand that justice rolls down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Wow. Okay, so with that being said, allow the justice of Mm. Christ to Mm. roll down in this situation. Because if it's rolling down like water, that means it's washing out the negativity. If it's rolling down like water, that means it is taking out what has been presented to us and giving us a clean slate, just like a fresh rain after, you know, after a fresh storm, after it's gone. And let righteousness, let the true unity, the true heart and mind and soul of Christians, okay, take over like an ever-flowing stream. I love that. I think that is so beautiful. We want to continue to push the conversation forward and we really want to make it about Christians needing to be prayerful. So if you haven't already, be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Blue Rooster Mag and online at thebluerooster.org. It won't stop. It's okay. I can edit this part because it was a long break, but look at it. It's stuck. No, why you can't get your... <laughs> it's stuck. <clears throat>